0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Emaw podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery, and I hope you're having a beautiful Wednesday. It's been a good one for myself as well. Before we get into this episode, let me say, if you enjoy the episodes, if you've seen the show a couple of times, why not consider subscribing and reviewing the actual episodes? Let us know what you think of the episodes so we can gear it better for you going forward. If you are interested in doing that, go ahead and screenshot your review, send it over to Pete Mundo. You can find him either on Heartland College Sports Official website, on Twitter, or wherever you can get in contact with the guy. Send him the review, and then he will send you back a Heartland College Sports Koozie. It's a hot summer coming up. It's already been in the 90s, and we're only in May. It's only going to get hotter from here. Be ready for it. Keep your beers cold with a Heartland College Sports Official Koozie. I know I'm going to be rocking one all summer long. And just as a quick house cleaning here, just in case you're missing out, Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday the 14th, so be ready. If this is your reminder, go ahead and figure something out for mom. you still got some time to get some flowers or whatever you're looking for. Go ahead and remind her that she's a special lady in your life. Either way, this is my reminder to you. Now, let's get into some K-State talk here. Now, once again, we haven't had a ton of stuff happen. Tyler Perry did commit to the Wildcats. We haven't talked about that. And let me just apologize. I was in Mexico this past week, so I missed out on last week's episode, so I owe you guys one and I apologize about that. But either way, we did see Tyler Perry commit to Kansas State in that time. And I'm going to pat myself a little bit on the back here. I kind of had a feeling. I mean, obviously, everybody had a feeling, considering the crystal ball was pointing him already to K-State. I had a feeling because the night the NFL draft started, so Thursday, the whatever it was, the 28th or something like that of last month, April 28th-ish, the night that Max Azemus commits to Texas, the longtime scout Kansas State's been all in on, Azemus goes to Texas immediately upon that. While Tyler Perry was still uncommitted, he still was down to four teams, he then puts out the infamous LeBron, maybe it's me tweet. If you haven't seen that tweet, it was one that everybody on social media commented on. The one where the day before Kyrie Irving got traded to the Mavs, everybody said, is this the Kyrie Irving and LeBron James reunion in Los Angeles? Will that happen? And if you're not an NBA guy, I get it, but this was the what the tweet was referring to. Kyrie Irving, at the end of the trade deadline, was looking for a new team, eventually ends up going to the Dallas Mavericks. LeBron puts it out there and says, maybe it's me. That's all it is. That's the only tweet. That was back in March. Tyler Perry, the night that Max A's was maybe 30 minutes after. I mean, it was like you couldn't fit a full episode of your favorite sitcom in before Tyler Perry commented on it. He put out this tweet. He basically replied to LeBron's tweet from a couple months back saying, maybe it's me. The only thing Tyler Perry said was he put a period. And that was his tweet. So it said, maybe it's me. And then you just saw Tyler Perry tweeting that out. I immediately was all in. I was like, well, he's a wildcat, you know. Because the only other option for Max Azmus was to come to K-State. Tyler Perry wouldn't just be putting this out there randomly. like, It's not that relevant of a tweet to put out unless there's a reason like this. That's what happened with this. Azmus goes to Texas and I immediately feel relieved, not because he's leaving, but because we have Tyler Perry coming in his place either way. That's what we wanted to see, so that was the first thing I saw, and I wanted to talk about it, but it just was kind of a bad situation, bad timing for me either way. The previous episode had just aired, so I had to wait another week and then we were out of town. Either way, I owe you guys one for that, but Tyler Perry is a Wildcat. Originally a Coffeeville, Kansas product, a big-name player at a Coffeeville school that didn't really have any big-name players. Tyler Perry has won at every single level, and I don't want to gush too much about him because I know by now it's kind of old news for you guys, and you've probably already figured everything out about him. K-State has a couple of other guys coming to campus. I believe K-State has a couple more visits scheduled for this next week that not many people have talked about yet. I made a video here the other day talking about Ray J. Dennis, a Toledo guard, and I'm going to play a little bit of the audio from that just so you get a feel for the type of player he is. Now let's start off with Ray J. Dennis from Toledo. Now, you might have heard this name. Dennis's name keeps popping up in K-State conversations, and while it's not a massive connection... He did appear in an article written by Kellis Robinett, who works for both Casey, the KC Star as well as the Wichita Eagle, and spoke about Dennis, saying there's some mutual interest from both Dennis and K-State in this one. I don't have a ton to base it off of. I don't know where his sources are coming from, and I don't know much about Dennis outside of you know like what his relationship to K-State could be, but I know this dude is an absolute baller. The guy can play. When I say he averages 19 and a half a game, let's just take that into perspective here. Both Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson averaged in that 17 range. While I'm not saying that Dennis is going to average 19.5 at K-State, that's a great benchmark here already. The guy averages half a triple-double in rebounds and assists a game. 4.3 assists per game and 5.8 rebounds per game as a 6-2 guard. The dude can absolutely play. And Dennis immediately would be a contributor, a major contributor for Jerome Tang. Now, the reason I like him so much, and I know that this comparison might make you roll your eyes, it might be like, ah, dude, what are you doing? That's all fair. That's all good and fair. I understand that. The comparison for Ray J. Dennis... Jalen Wilson from Kansas. And I know that you're probably immediately like, ah, dude, what are you talking about? Why are you comparing him to a KU player? When you watch the game film back, this is a smaller version of Jalen Wilson. And I know that we all kind of have that tendency to say, you know what? He wears red and blue. He's a Kansas Jayhawk. We don't want to hear that comparison. Their games are very similar. Jalen Wilson was a great player at Kansas. And seeing that transition, to see a guy like that come to K-State, that'd be huge. That clip is from my YouTube channel. If you're looking for a little bit more content in between podcasts, you can check out my channel. It's just my first and last name, Joe Tillery, last name, T-I-L-L-E-R-Y. No worries if not, but if you're looking for more K-State stuff during the week where you can't find me here, go ahead and check that out. Either way, you see what I'm talking about with Ray J. Dennis. The guy's a player. And the reason I feel really confident that he's coming to K-State is this tweet. Let me read this to you here. And let me get this out of the way now. Technically, this is unconfirmed. However,. Trilly Donovan, is a reporter, does a ton of work in the transfer portal, had a comment about it. So what happens is they'll tag Donovan the last and say, well, what do you think about Tyler Perry? And then he'll say like, well, my sources are saying that Kansas State is emerging as a potential landing spot, some along those lines. Spencer Brown, shout out Spencer Brown, tweeted and said, at Trilly Donovan, Ray J. Dennis update? Damian Collins update? Trilly Donovan then immediately responds and says, there's a certain Big 12 school that is getting a visit from both players in the next week. And let me tell you now, the only team that has been linked to Ray J. Dennis in the Big 12 has been K-State. And while Dennis is still considering other programs, Illinois has been a potential landing spot for Dennis. K-State's the only one that I can immediately think of that's been connected to the guy. Which means, not only are we going to see Dennis on campus, we are also going to take a look at former five-star player Damian Collins from Kentucky. So, let me get this out of the way right now. His stats aren't incredible. It's not some 18, 19 points a game, half a triple-double like Ray J. Dennis. That's not the case. Collins really hasn't seen the floor much for Kentucky, and it makes sense why. Every year, there's a full team of five stars. Someone's got to fall through the cracks. Even if you're a five-star player, you can still be the sixth man off the bench in Kentucky. Damian Collins last season didn't play a ton. Let me get that out of the way now. 1.9 points a game, 1.9 rebounds a game, and then, you know, 0.2 of an assist. That doesn't really matter at all in that case. However... 42% 42% field goal percentage, he's a big dude. Six foot nine, two hundred and ten pounds as a sophomore for Kentucky. He's looking to find somewhere else to call home. And the previous season, he also, similar situation, didn't play much. 2.9 points a game, two rebounds a game. Those are kind of his crowning jewels. But the potential, the guy has potential through the roof. Let me read you his stats coming out of high school. His different listings and all the different things that 247 and on three said about him. Let me just give you a little bit of an inside on the player Collins is. Collins coming out of high school. He was in the class of 2000, excuse me, 2020, I believe. Collins coming out of high school, a five-star prospect, 98 percentage on 247 Sports Index. The guy was off the charts. The 14th best player in the nation. There's only 13 dudes ahead of him. The third power forward in the nation and the number one player in the entire state of Texas, which in case you didn't know, Texas has so many good basketball players, it's nearly impossible to be at the top of that list. Let me read you the names of the dudes that are ahead of him. And the entire class. I'll, I'll read you the big ones. There's some that still didn't deliver the way they thought they would. Number one overall, Chet Holmgren for Gonzaga. The guy who was the, what, number one, number two overall pick? Number two overall pick by the Oklahoma City Thunder? Seven-foot-tall, you know, genetic freak? Played for Gonzaga was an unbelievable player. How about number two? The number one overall NBA draft pick, Paolo Banquero for Duke. Another great player. Shaden Sharp for Kentucky. Another great player. Jaden Hardy, who went pro. Not going to hear that name as much either way. Jalen Duran played for Memphis. Amani Bates for Memphis, now going to the NBA as well. Jabari Smith for Auburn. There's a ton of big names on this list. Scoot Henderson, another great player, obviously went pro in his situation. And then it's Damian Collins. The dudes he's ahead of. There's some big names he's ahead of still. Ty Ty Washington for Kentucky. Max Christie for Michigan State, who is now with the Los Angeles Lakers. There's dudes on this list that are like, wow, this guy was a big player. I mean, he's moving up the list either way. Tamar Bates for Indiana, who just jumped in the transfer portal. This guy has some major potential. Jalen Tyson, who committed to Texas, then Texas Tech, is now headed to Cal. He's 36th on the list. Langston Love for Baylor, another great player. There's a ton of dudes on this list that are like, oh my gosh, he's ahead of these guys still? I could go on and on about this forever. I'll finish it out with a top 50. I don't want to say any, much, any, any many more player names, because no one's really going to smack you in the face. But either way, like... There is so many good dudes on this list that he's ahead of. And that player could go to K-State. Under Jerome Tang, a coach that is known to unlock potential, to give guys rotation minutes that they so need. Let me read you the description on the guy. So I said, 14th nationally, third power forward in the nation, the only two ahead of him. Let's read those. Paulo Bancaro-Jabari Smith, both NBA players that are incredible right now. Both of them in the runnings for Rookie of the Year. This guy was projected to be a first-round talent in the NBA draft. Either way, he didn't get the playing time he needed. didn't get the right sp- situation that he needed. This guy was supposed to be a first-round N- NBA draft pick. And I think he still will be, realistically. With the talent he possesses under Jerome Tang, if that happens, that's going to be a massive grab. So here you go. Here's the breakdown of the player. Some of these do ring true to a Naquan Talman type player, but since then he's developed into a much bigger body than he is at the time. Still kind of a thin guy, but either way, it starts off this way. Collins is a painfully thin and bouncy hybrid four-man with long arms. He is quick off the floor as an explosive leaper and is very mobile with good hands. He finishes with strength around the rim and is developing as a scorer facing the basket. Defensively, Collins is a high-level shot blocker who is one of the best in the area of that game in the senior class. He is more than capable of rebounding outside his area. Collins is still a little offensively raw in general, but has made leaps and bounds with his games over the past few years. With tremendous upside, he is likely to do the same playing under John Calipari. Well, he didn't do the same under John Calipari, because Calipari never really gave him the shot he needed. Obviously, injury history is a thing, too. The dude is a monster. And if he came to K-State alongside Ray J. Dennis and Tyler Perry, that's a team that can compete for a Big 12 championship once again. Obviously, the ball's in the court of Kansas right now after landing Hunter Dickinson and a couple of other big-name players, but it feels like the Wildcats are going to be all the way back for the next decade. Every single time a player like this comes in, it feels like guys are moving into the right situation under Jerome Tang. I now want to talk about something that I think we all might have seen. If not, I'll fill you in here and give you the full ideas of what's going on. I'll give you the inside scoop from what I know. Let me say now, I have no sources. I have nobody that I'm like, okay, this guy told me it's going to happen. I've had a couple people reach out and tell me different things, but I keep hearing these little brushings of some shit that I'm hearing about K-State, and I know that you're going to hear that either. It's either going to peek at your ear and say, wow, that's really interesting, or it's going to be like, Joe, stop making things up. I promise I've heard this from multiple different sources. K-State, in case you missed it, there was a day where every single player on the coaching staff, you know, Coach Tang, Coach Bourne, uh, Bailey, I forget how to pronounce her last name, but everybody associated with the coaching staff. Coach Dream Dowling, everyone posted their own little video, their own little, little gift, their own little picture saying, we've got dudes. I think it's a little too convenient to think every single person on the staff announces it when that happens, you know? I think it's too convenient that everybody's just tossing out a graphic or a a gif or some type of expression to say, we have more players coming in. We hadn't landed Tyler Perry at that point, so maybe the commitment was Tyler Perry, but I find that really hard to believe. And I know why, like, you might be asking, why would they keep it a secret? Why wouldn't they just say? A lot of people will say that. The coach's responsibility, in a lot of cases, isn't to ruin the kid's big day. In most cases, the kid wants to post and feel appreciated, not only by the fan base, but everybody else. When the coach is the one that leaked that news, it's already establishing a bad precedent in the player's mind, I would assume. So I think they're waiting for the player to announce it. My guess is that player is Damian Collins. I think it is. I really do. And I think not only will it be one of the highest recruits we've ever landed in the transfer portal, it's going to be an immediate big-time player. And I cannot imagine what it's going to be like having both Naquan Tomlin and Damian Collins on the court at the same time. Tomlin's 6'10", super thin, similar to Damian Collins. They're both cut from the same cloth. Those two dudes... It would be a nightmare in the low post against those guys. I cannot wait for the countless highlights plays, and we're going to get every rebound on the board. I am so stoked to watch it. And granted, yes, it's still out in the air. It's still up there. I don't know. It feels like things are rolling. The ball's rolling for K-State. Let's talk a little bit about Keontae Johnson here. Give you an update on him as well. He did get an early invite to the draft. He's at the NBA Draft Combine. He should hear back from his scouts, say whether he wants to go to the league or come back. Everybody's kind of in this assessment that, hey, Keontae's going to the league. He did already get approved, so he's got eligibility to come back to college if he wants it. Here's my thought process: A lot of guys will say, "Why would he? Why would he pass that up? Why wouldn't he just go to the league immediately, get drafted right now? Why wouldn't he? Why would he even consider coming back to K State?" The difference in incentives between going as a second round pick and a first round pick are massive. You can pick up a supermax contract, a fifth year option. There's a ton of different things that happen. And I know you might say, well, okay, let's just get this guy on an NBA roster. Whatever's going to happen. He's a great player. I don't think Keontae's wanting to go in the second round. Obviously, nobody wants to go in the second round if you're a high-name prospect. But I think the draft card that he's going to get back is probably something along those lines where it's, you know what, Keontae, would love you. We think you're in that, you know. At the very earliest, I've seen early 40s. You know, there's 60 picks in the entire draft. I've seen early 40s. The first round concludes at the 30th pick. It looks like is in that 42 to anywhere to 58 range, which I think is still incredible. You're still one of the best 60 players coming out of college. However, I think Keontae really wants to be a first-round pick, and my heart tells me he's coming back. I've been very wrong on this podcast in the past. I knew Felix was going to the draft. I did feel good about that. I thought Deuce was coming back. It makes perfect sense as to why he didn't now. In case you missed it, he had an interview podcast episode with the uh, Three mon Podcast hosted by John Kurtz, Derek Young, the rest of those guys, Cole Manbeck as well, not to just glaze over him. He talked about it saying, you know what, my body couldn't handle another 250-touch season. And the biggest thing is like, my goal when I came to K-State was to win a Big 12 championship. We won that championship, I'm gone. He did say in the interview, if we lose the game, I'm coming back to K-State. We need to win a Big 12 championship before I leave. That's a great mentality to have. I get that. He's good to go. I was wrong. I thought Deuce was coming back because I thought he wanted the national championship. Obviously, it's a little bit further down the road either way for K-State. Deuce goes, that makes sense. I've been wrong on the podcast before, so don't feel great about my answer. I feel good that Keontae comes back. I feel better than most people would in this situation. I've seen people say, you know what, there's a 4% chance he comes back. I almost feel like it's a 60-40 here. We're the 40. Obviously, we're not the 60. The NBA draft makes sense to go for Keontae. Get the money, but like, I think there's a chance Keontae comes back. I could be wrong, but let's see what happens. I was under the impression that this secret commit is a transfer portal guy. It could be a high school guy. It could even be Keontae coming back. You know what I mean? Maybe Keontae told the staff and said, you know what, I don't feel like the NBA is going to happen this year. I think I need to come back another year. Maybe that's it. But it doesn't feel like it. However, that explains the idea as to why everybody's keeping it so quiet. Beyond just the kid not saying it, maybe it's a guy, and it could be a transfer portal situation the same way as it is Keontae, going through the transfer portal, going through the NBA draft, saying, you know what, if I get my card back and I don't like where I'm at, I'm going to K-State. Go to the NBA draft, workout, see where everybody's at, say, you know what, this isn't going to work, I'm coming back to K-State. Let me get another year whether it's Keontae or another player coming to K-State, I think that might be where I'm tipping my cap to. I feel a little bit confident that that's going to happen. We'll see. Right now on paper, maybe things aren't the most optimistic. We've been slow in the transfer portal. I think it's a good thing. We're waiting to see what options we have out there before just jumping at every single player. I feel good about where we're at. I think things will continue to develop and continue to go down the line. But that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Everything e Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast. Once again, if you enjoyed the show, consider subscribing as well as leaving a review. Send it over to Pete Mundo. You can find him on Twitter or the Heartland College Sports main site. And get yourself a Heartland College Sports koozie. Keep your beer cold this summer. It's going to be absolutely scorching. Under my estimation, I think it will be. Let me also give a quick shout-out here to Kelly Markheim, friend of the show as well. Spoke to her this weekend. She was saying, hey, we love the show. We are big fans of it. I appreciate you listening, Kelly, as well as you know coming up to me mentioning that. It means a lot to see the supporters as well as get to see people that enjoy the show. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. It's going to be a beautiful one out there today. Hopefully, we'll avoid the upper 90s here, wherever you're at. If you're in Kansas, if you're in Manhattan area, I know that not everybody listening is. I hope you're all right after that storm. Manhattan was hit with a pretty bad storm last night, but it seems like things are okay going forward. I'm in Kansas City, so I avoided most of it. A little bit of thunderstorms here and there. But either way, I appreciate you listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day, and go Cats!